Hey man, well, I'm I'm I'm, on, I'm hyped tonight. You so, hyped tonight? I am brother? hyped tonight. Let's get it. As long as you push that button, baby, we do. <laughs> push that button. That's all we need to know from you. Push that button. It's pushed. We 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 are live and recording tonight. All, all right, right brother. Begin. <laughs> well, let, let, let's get let's get this thing started off on on, on the thought process and about fandom and what's going on around the world. I don't understand the fans, but we, we personally, we, we've endured some crazy fan participation, both good and bad, over the years. But help me out, fella. What do y'all think is going on with our fans? I'm going to go ahead and let Wendell start out, and then I'll bring it on. Uh, me, personally, man, I, I, it, it, I think the world just done went crazy, period. Um. People think they could do just whatever they want to do, and I don't know where this is coming from. I I, I don't want to speculate and, you know, uh, get into uh, something that, that, you know, that we said that we wouldn't do, but it just seemed like people seem like they're more entitled, more emboldened to just do and say whatever they want to say, no matter who who they affect or whatever. I mean, they don't, they're not taking other people's feelings or other people's, uh, they're not, they're not showing it just coming courtesy. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just like the people on the airplanes, man. They, man, they're going crazy on the airplanes. Why? For what? What is the problem? What is the problem with that, that you can't sit and, and be sociable or if you don't want to talk to somebody, put your headphones on. Just, there's no reason for all this, all this, uh, animosity and, and all this anger. I don't, I don't know where it's coming from. It's, and they're trying to say it's because you've been locked up and due to COVID hell, I've been locked up. I got pre-existing conditions. I hadn't left the house up until I got fully vaccinated and, and almost 15 months. I'm not out here trying to whip nobody. I ain't mad at nobody. So what you mad about? I don't, I don't get it. What do you think, Limbo? Talk to us. I'm kind of agreeing with Wendell there. I mean, people seem like they're entitled, like they can say anything to anyone and don't have any consequences with it. And then when you say something to the wrong person to have a consequence, so they, then you didn't do nothing. <laughs> See, now, 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 now you got fans that are throwing stuff at NBA players or whatever or yelling stuff and that they, you know, I'm like, if, if you wouldn't say it at church, why would you say it there? I mean, I, that's one of my, because if, if you wouldn't say it, if you wouldn't say it at church, why are you saying it now? Why are you doing it? If you, if you wouldn't do it at church, that's always been a good rule to live by in my book, you know, and that, that would stop some of this foolishness. I mean, because these people around here are really getting ignorant, you know, and and, and I, I just don't know, you know, something, I mean, something's in the water, something in the air. Well, COVID was in the air. It ain't no more, I guess, but, yeah. you know. Well, we've heard people say things, Limbo, you, we discussed it in, in my little memoir that we got going on right now, and talked to some other people, and, and I haven't shared it with, with, with Wendell much, but I, I hear everything on the field. And you were taught not to listen, but you hear stuff just like you see things in the state. I don't know why people feel like they have the the, the audacity to say some of the things that they say. And and we we all witnessed the, the malice in the palace, and we we saw uh, uh, Maxwell go up in the stands and snatch someone's butt, and and. I'm almost to the point where I'm saying, if you say it, you got to deal with the consequence to it because it's not fandom anymore. They, they're pushing the limits. What do y'all think? 
Well, I, I, and I, I agree with you, man. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, when Run or Task went up into the uh, stand that, that, that night and caused the mayhem up that was up in Indiana, I mean, I don't know what was said or what was thrown, but there is no reason whatsoever for a fan to throw anything at a player. I don't care if it's on the opposite team or not. I mean, if you don't like the guy, you just don't like the guy. But you don't, you know, I mean, he's a man, he's a human. And, and if he react the way, and, and, I, and I mean, I'm not saying what he did was right. He should have, you know, because he's, quote, quote, a professional and he should have had more control. But I don't know what I would have done if I was in his shoes, too, because I might have ran up in that stand and tried to get that guy, too, man, because that just, I mean, I'm a man. You're not going to disrespect me like that. Well, you're right. But, you know, also you look at it from a baseball point of view, you know, outfielders and stuff back, they've always had stuff thrown at them. Yeah, I remember you know, uh, there were I mean, some batteries thrown you know, at somebody one time. I can't remember exactly what exactly. it was. There, there's always been people thrown at them. And, 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 you know, hell, go back to what do you think Jackie Robinson had to put up with? I'm sure he had a lot of stuff thrown at him. So, you know, and, and it's just like it goes back, I said, entitlement. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I mean, you know, I just bottom line is what I tell you is, tell you that you just you just hadn't been raised right that's all i can tell you because you just haven't been raised right well i don't know if they ain't been raised right some people who were raised right they just they just just lose their schooling if you throwing stuff at somebody you ain't been raised right because i ain't threw nothing in my life at somebody you know and i've been and, I've been, and, and, and guess what and I don't think you've thrown something at somebody in anger. No, I don't think no, GT has. No, no, I never have. So, so, that's so what I'm I was going to say. I've been, I've been to games, and I've been at, at, just like we were talking. Uh, <laughs> we were talking uh, the uh, not long ago about being there with Johnny Benzel was here in Tech. Uh, you know, I, I didn't. I they they whipped us, but I didn't throw nothing and cuss Johnny Manziel out. I was at the uh, Tim Tebow game. I was mad as hell about that personal foul call that that there wasn't a wasn't a penalty, but I didn't you know cuss. I didn't cuss the players out. I might have cussed the ref out, but I, even then, I didn't throw nothing at the ref. There's, I mean, oh, that's what I'm saying. So obviously, you was raised right when you knew that just wasn't wrong. Right. Okay. That's I, just wrong. Yeah, that, that is wrong. You know. That is wrong. Yeah, I mean, so, you, you can say. You you should, can say you should... Go ahead. Well, Go ahead. it's not just throwing stuff. I mean, there are some things you can say that ain't right. Now, we play games on the field. Limbo, you know, I, I used to talk trash to guys on the field, on our opponents. I would, I would literally find stuff out to say to them. And most of the guys I played against in, in high school anyway. But you don't spit on people. No. You know what I'm saying? No. You I don't. Do you don't. And you don't, my, my, I had tobacco juice poured on me one game from the stand. That, that's, some, that's just crazy for people to do stuff like that. And we're only seeing it getting worse. I mean, I, I, I coached a basketball game this past year in a visiting gym, and the things that those young people were yelling at our players, it was beyond basketball. And they're kids. They, they, they're not college, you know, players or professionals. They're kids. And the way some of these young people are, are taking it beyond sports, and I don't care what you say. We don't go to anyone else's job and, and you know, if they're a lawyer and sit up there and talk trash to them. We don't go to any electrical job, <laughs> you know, and, and go cuss and yell and scream at him. Why should they be coming to a ball game and acting foolish. That, that's just my two cents. I, I don't know, man. Like I said, the world's just done going crazy, man. It's, it, it could be something in the water. It could be more than just COVID in the air. It's, it's. I mean, like you said, because you can't go into a courtroom and if the lawyer ain't representing the client right, you can't cuss him out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's my point. If, if, if the doctor... If the doctor ain't doing the right procedure or he's his hand's shaking or something, you can't throw a Coke on him and, and tell him to get right. 
So, yeah. Exactly. Or, or, or the judge senses you to something and you said, well, well, I guess people have yelled at the judge and stuff about my bad. I guess they have done that. Yeah, that's But then done. again, you ain't got nothing to lose at that point. You ain't got nothing to lose at that point. <laughs> yeah, it's a done deal. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bad deal. You you know, hey, it, it's a rap deal. You can say what you want to say, dude. Right, you ain't yeah. trying to fool nobody. Right. So I mean, so I don't, I, I'm, I, I don't understand why people got, you know, there, you know, like, like there's some comedians say when people are heckling them. Look, I don't come to your job on, at Burger King and and give you a hard time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so don't don't come on my job and mess with me, man. Even if you pay them, though, you know, I don't care that you're getting paid. That that that. I've never, I've raised my kids. You don't boo someone's effort. You may not like it, but I don't even want my children booing people. Right. And some of the stuff is, it's just disrespectful. And, you know, I used to, honestly, when we were playing college, and it happened to me in high school sometimes, when they yelled and screamed your name, that that was a sign of respect. That, that's how I look at it. Hey, if they know my name, and they're yelling it from the stands, then, then they're, they're afraid of whatever I'm, I'm doing. It was now. motivation for and, me. Yes, yes. So I get that. But the things that they be saying sometimes, or like you said, throwing nickels and pennies or batteries or uh, spitting on folks and throwing water bottles, man, that's a bit much. You know, yeah. or talking about your mom or talking about your your kids or, or calling your girlfriend, that's, that's beyond the scope. Yeah. I understand. Here's the deal, too. Here's the deal, too. Back in our day, because see, 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 my mama, my mama a little bit, you know, she a little bit off. See, so at a game, somebody was yelling about me and cussing me out. <laughs> I said, Mama wasn't having that, was she? Oh, Parks wasn't having that. <laughs> my daddy was like, Shut up, Lula. <laughs> like, Mama's like, Uh oh. It's like, Uh oh. So my mama wasn't having that. Okay, so, you know, so, they, so but you know what, though, Limbo, that kind of branched me off into another little subject that that's something that that's been kind of out of control too. And I'm not saying this is your mom doing this, but parents fighting at games, and and I mean oh, they, they they I mean <laughs> I mean uh, I, I I've seen man, I'm like whoa, where in the world is this stuff coming from? This dude just ran out the stands. He's mad because his uh, because he didn't think the call was right. They, well, it was a the guy down in was it in Texas the high school player that that cold cocked the referee uh, in a game. It, it happens. It happens down here a lot. Our parents are they out of whack down here in Texas. Our parents do some crazy stuff. Man. Well, up here in Missouri, well, up here in Missouri, if you put your hands on it, it, just one of one of my friends. Who's a congressman down there in, in Jeff City? If you put your hands on an official, it's a felony. Is it? It should be. It's a felony. It should be. They just passed the rule in Missouri. It's a felony. It should be. It should, it should be. be. Yeah, yeah. It shouldn't even be. You know. Yeah. It should be. That. See, I stop all that nonsense down in Texas, but y'all got that crazy governor down there <laughs> going to the border. So you know, instead of fixing our grid down there in Texas, so that that way should be thinking about doing. All right. All right. All right. I'm texting you something right now, Lambo. Get it done. All right, fellas. That, that, that's pretty good, right there. But yeah. let, let's go on. We we are. We are in the process now of getting one of our former uh, Arkansas Razorback younger brothers to come on with us. Going to be our guest tonight. So Wendell, take us out for a few minutes here, and uh, let's see if we can get our first guest of the night. All right. Let's do it. Back. Hey, welcome to as our number one guest tonight on the mic, the three men of the mic, JJ Meadows, 1995 SEC West champion, Mighty Mouse. What's up, JJ? 
Man, what's going on, fellas? Y'all doing good? What's going on, JJ? Hey, man, man not too much. I can't much. call it, man. Man, I'm trying to stay. I'm trying to stay cool right now, man. Ooh, we wait. were hoping for summer, man. Summer came through and chose violence on us this year. Man, <laughs> you know, so we shoot. I'm just trying to maintain right now. Well, here we go, Big Mike. I'm gonna say this to you, JJ. You're one of my favorite young people around. Love to call you little brother, but take us back to uh, that 1995 catch down in Alabama. What was that like, bro? Man, it was, man, like I said, man, it, it was, um, man, first of all, it was just a great experience, man, and just something that I'm, I'm you know, I'm very proud to, uh, I'm very proud to be a part of, and, you know, just kind of a little backstory to that leading up to it, man. We've been in, I came in the first year we went in the SEC, man, we was getting drove, man, just really getting our bus kicked the first three years, so, you know, getting in a position to win that game on the last play, win that game on the last play of the game, and you know, kind of catapulted us into the into the Western Division and got us to the uh, SEC Championship. So, uh, man, it was a, uh, it was, you know, it was it was just something great to be a part of. And uh, but you know, just leading up to that play, man, our defense played. It was a hard fought SEC game, man. I think our defense only gave up eighty eight. 88 yards of total offense in the second half. So, you know, they just kept going out there three and out, three and out, and playing good defense. And, and they put us in a position to be able to uh, put us in a position to be able to win that thing at the end. Man, you know? 88, so, 88 yards against Alabama, that's almost unheard of these days. Man, it is. But at the same time, bro, I, I think, man, we was out there rolling on, on, on fumes, man. And I tell people the funniest part about that is that. You know, me, I was, a, you know, that was my senior year. So, you know, just being around the program, I had got in the habit of, you know, when the quarterback, when the coach was signaling the plays to the quarterback, you know, even at practice and during the meetings, you know, I always kind of felt like I was a leader on the field and stuff. So I was always kind of getting the plays and giving it to the running backs and, I mean, giving it to the other wide receivers and stuff like that. But, man, at the end of the game, it was like me and Eubanks and Lucas were out there together. And it was, you know I mean, like when I say the energy, it was like, you know how you're driving in your car and you look down at the gas tank and it's, is that their red hand is leaning on E, you know, so, so man, we, so we stopped going to the huddle. Like, you know, I basically just stopped going to the huddle. Like if the, if it didn't, if the play didn't switch sides, man, and I was kind of getting it from the, uh, getting the play from the sideline and getting it to Eubanks. And so when we finally got down to the goal line, we called timeout, we go, man, Coach Hill is like, man, if you don't get your butt back in the huddle. And I said, Coach, man, we got this. You know, I don't, you know, so I can't raise my hand and come out the game right now. So, uh, man, but that was just, you know, like I said, man, that was just a great, um, you know, you know, just something great for us as a team to be a part of. And, you know, and definitely for me with my career being over right now in athletics, when I look back at that, at that play, man, that's, that's definitely one of the highlights. But it was special for you. But here's the problem, though. See, Ever since that play, uh, Alabama been beating the brakes off our ass, man. <laughs> I mean, man. so I don't think we won another game since then. Man, man, they just, man, they just been freaking hard to beat, period. And I'm telling you what's crazy about that, though. That the time that we went to Alabama before that, I think they beat us, man. I think they, I want to say they beat us 67 to 3, 70 to 3, 70 to 7. It, it, it was something, something like, like that. that. So, yeah, it was, it was a, it was, oh, it was my a Lord. Man, it, Hey, it was, I remember. I remember when Coach Hill, because like normally Coach Hill would come to me and he would say, he said, "Man, are you going back out there?" Like in the fourth quarter, and I'd be like, "Man, if I'm going back out there, I'm going back out there." He came to me like in the end of the third quarter of that game. He said, "You want to go back out there?" I said, "Coach, I'm good, man. Just you know what I'm saying." Normally, I'm like, "Man, I'm fighting to the end." I'm looking at the scoreboard. It's seventy to seven. These boys out here looking for knockout blows. I said, "Man, Coach, I'm gonna go ride this last one out, man. Just get rid of it." They are trying to finish somebody's career, huh? Man, exactly. They was out there. They was trying to get on sports in at the end of the game, bro. I wasn't trying to get on that like that. I want to get on that for touchdowns, not getting knocked up. Mm. Well, hey, we, we always laugh and joke about things that happened, didn't happen. And and Limbo mentioned this to me the other day. Did you really catch that ball or not? Man, honestly, you know, I think we, you know, honestly, man, uh, I caught the ball. You know, I called it, and the thing about it, man, we, you know, we got that play set up. It's actually a two-point, two-point conversion play, a special play that we had in the book. 
So we ended up using it right there on fourth down. And, man, when I came in motion, uh, the defensive back that was covering me, he bumped it, you know, which put this guy inside of me. So it just set us up for that little whip that we're going to run right there. So everything was perfect. We got the defense. We got the right situation. We had the ball on the right hash. Everything worked out great. And so I think when Barry rolled out, man, he just relaxed a little bit, kind of short on that thing. You know, like sometimes how you do on a little easy yeah, putt. It happened. It and, happened. Exactly. And that ball went, you know, it went straight in the ground. But I got my, but honestly, man, I got my hands under it. I rolled around and I rolled over on it. I think what some people saw is when I got up, the ball was kind of moving around, you know, a little bit as I got up and showed it to the referee. But, man, it was like, you know, but the crazy thing about it, then in the locker room, you know, everybody, all the reporters are coming in and they're asking. I remember Gene Stallings, I remember Gene Stallings asking me after the game if I really caught it. You know, it was like, you know, he was like, man, if you catch that ball, young man, I was like, yeah, definitely, you know. So, and it wasn't until him there. I wouldn't yeah, tell you know, if I didn't. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, so, it, man, it was crazy. But then, you know, we lived, that was before social media and, you know, camera phones and, you know, all this stuff. So, like, man, it was probably like 6 or 7 o'clock then later on that day when I finally saw the replay on uh, – on uh, <laughs> I finally saw the replay on the uh, sports center, and I was kind of like, "Damn, bro, did you catch that ball right there?" You know what That's I'm saying? It was kind of yourself. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of one of them, man. But you know, just at the time, man, it was just, you know, you know. And one thing about it, you know, and I tell people all the time, though, but that was, you know, I think I made some good catches or some great catches while I was at Fairville. But to me, that was just the most fundamentally sound play that I made the whole time that I was there because I knew I was in the end zone. I could have been at the waist and try to pluck it off the ground, but I knew when I could make that catch right now, I'm in the end zone. So man, I just went to my knees, got my hands under that thing, and tried to ensure the catch. And when I roll over and I saw the referee throw them hands up, baby, I headed straight to the locker room. 100 miles an hour. 100 man, miles yeah. an hour. Listen, no, and then I ran into the locker room and I look up and the score says 19 to 19. We still had to keep the extra point, bro. Like, I'm thinking, hey, I'm thinking I scored that seven, you know what I'm saying? So, because people ask me where I was going, I say, shit, I was legit going to the locker room. I was out of there. Hey, you know right. what I'm saying? And then I just, man, I look at the scoreboard, the scoreboard say 19 19, and that's what I felt. Oh, shit, we got to kick this extra point. Hey, I'm, I'm looking, and, uh, I'm, looking so, at, I'm looking at, I just pulled the, the catch up online, man, and, uh, there's a headline out here that uh, it says JJ caught it, and then it says 95 yeah. TDs still anger tied. So that goes back to what Limbo said, <laughs> and this got you running off the field at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> man, <laughs> you, you, man, it you, was you crazy. Was done. <laughs> man, I told you, bro. Hey, I bet you, I bet you, when we go there, I bet they still hold up signs and say JJ didn't catch. <laughs> man, uh, I, I'm going to tell you, though, that was crazy. That year, like, we went down to Miami for the bowl game. And uh, so me, Anthony Lucas, Marvin Caston, uh, we jumped in. And we were in the SUV, man, and we were headed down. To, uh, we were headed to Miami. Uh, we actually were headed to Atlanta to catch a plane to fly down to Miami because, you know, you get the bowl money and trying to save money. So we go through, we go through Birmingham, and uh, we go through Birmingham. We pull over at a at a Burger King in Birmingham on our way to Atlanta, and we go in there. We got all of our uh, we got all of our Arkansas football stuff on, of course. And man, we walked in that Burger King, and the first thing that somebody says, "Boy, you not that JJ Meadows guy, are you?" And it was really <laughs> like it was like it was almost like you was on an episode of Punk. You know what I'm saying? It was like, and, uh, so it was like we kind of looked around and we started laughing, and we already knew it. They was like. We got the hoes, y'all cheated us, y'all never should have been in the SEC championship game. And man, it was so it was hilarious though. But this was just and I'm talking about just a random Burger King in, in, in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. You know, just that was just a few months yeah. after the catch. But you know, football, you know, football is real deal in Alabama. So and you know, you still have people that uh, that remember that. Hey, uh JJ, I'm gonna ask you something, man. We were just talking just a little while ago about how the fans are being unruly. In, in in the sports these days, how I mean, you saw that one where the security guard had to tackle that guy on the NBA court, right? And right, and and, and uh, you know, there's been other instances with fans just doing and saying and throwing stuff at players. Man, what do you what do you, what do you think is going on with these guys, man? Man, I think it's uh, I mean, first of all, honestly, right now, man, we just live in a society where people ain't got so used to being disrespectful. You know these Twitter fingers, and they don't. You know, honestly, they don't. 
you know, there's no recourse or they don't have any consequences a lot of times for doing stuff like that. Right. Or they don't fear that they do. Right. You know, because I can guarantee you, you know, some of these little dudes, they're not going to walk up to one of these big NFL players or NBA players just in real life and throw a drink on them or start cussing them out and doing stuff like that. You know, so it's the, I think it's I think it's that uh the mob mentality too. Uh, but I will say, you know, and I can remember playing in the ACC, and I know you guys played in the Southwest Conference, man. You know, you have fans that say some crazy stuff, or you yeah. know what I'm saying. But yeah. you know, but also I think it gets to a point uh, it gets to a point where it crosses a line, right. you know. And uh, and I can remember one time, like I remember we were at uh, I mean, and this. I'm gonna say this because it's, it's, we laugh and we joke about it now, but just kind of at the time, I remember we were at Tennessee one time and Cotto Cotton and uh, Tracy Caldwell, we were out there warming up before the game, and you know the Tennessee got the worst fans anyway, the most obnoxious. <laughs> but they, you know, we came out before the game and they said, uh, and they were, man, they just had all these. It was like a little uh, actually, I think it was like a fraternity, and you know, they just had all these little crazy cheers and chants. And man, they said, uh, they said, number eight, number nine, you look like shock. You say you look like Shaka Zulu, like that. And then they started wow. like, hey, 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 the whole little section just went. Crazy. Oh my god! Hey, hey, listen, now we laugh, man. Now like today, like we talk about it, man. We laugh about it, but you know, just at that time, you know, college students, you know, and just. You know, the Shaka Zulu and all. And I'm not even going to talk about Mississippi State. Hey, well, <laughs> uh, Mississippi yeah. State, bro. Them boys with them cowbells. Went, hey, it, was, it was one time I remember Coach Hill just had to tell me to go to the locker room before we was getting ready to warm up. Because it was like, I was like, they called me one more N-word down here. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. dragging one of these hey. dudes out of the stands. Hey, so, been through that. Been through that. Yes. And, and it's not with the state. It's with that other Mississippi school over there. Uh, but, that one too. But hey, you haven't had the. Did you have the experience of go playing down in in, in Austin? Man, we didn't. We okay. didn't. We so didn't get a chance to play down there. But I'm gonna tell you this though. You can't tell ahead. me that them fans are not as group. That Tennessee the worst fans. Man, I'm just I'm saying had, between Mississippi and Texas, man. Ah, oh, man. Man, we hey, went I, to uh. Go ahead. I'm just. Man, saying, I, I, hey, hey, I'm gonna say this to you. Cause I know I used to know talk talk kind of crazy to the fans, especially when they said something to me. I was known for that. Cause I used to say my own my my number one go to was, hey, we're gonna kick your ass and we're gonna party with you tonight. <laughs> okay, so don't get mad. That's what I used to say. <laughs> that was my go to. We're gonna kick your ass and we're gonna party with y'all tonight. Okay, that's what I used to say to. Man, I went to. Man, but, uh, you know, and you like, but also, too, is like, but if you're a real dog and you're a real competitor, and you, you know, you really got something about yourself, though, you really love to go into them environments, though. Because, like, for me, I'm going to play. When I come into them environments and they ruckus and the fans going crazy and they're obnoxious, you know, that that's when you want to make it. them shut up. Yeah, that's I mean, you know, here's the deal. You know, it's not it's not personal. I don't mind the good, clean stuff, the little chants right. like Rice and Rice was student body was yelling. I told them I told them when I was getting the ass kicked, I said, Why don't y'all go study? This game no go study. And they said, That's okay. <laughs> they said they said that's all right. They said they said, That's okay, that's all right. You'll be working for us one day. <laughs> I was like I was like, dang. Yeah, they probably right. But, that's pretty cool but you know yeah. cowbell calling you the n-word and shaka zulu so that's crossing the line see i yeah, probably would have exactly. went up into the stands yeah, yeah, exactly know. exactly so man but i just you know i just hate to see that but then also too man i just you know like sometimes like these these fans man they forget that these guys are people they're not athletes you know yeah. they're not uh they're not cattle, you know, they're not animals out there playing. So it's just, you know, man, it, and it, it's sad. You know, it really is sad, to be honest. And, and you kind of touched on something, too, man, uh, with the with this, uh, age of the social media and everything. I, you know, I get, I, I'm a computer guy, so I call them keyboard cowards is what I call them. Because they right. be they'll be behind that keyboard. They will type and say some of the most foulest things in the world, knowing that you can't get to them. And right. then sometimes, and then when that crosses over into the real world, there's real consequences behind that. 
and right. and, and, and then yeah. when those consequences happen to those people, then then I don't, I, you know, I the athlete or you know, like we were talking about Ron Artez when he went up into the stand, <laughs> or Russell didn't Russell Westbrook go try to get up in the stand? Wait, several times. He yeah, tried to get up. Well, several times. I mean, but but so but he's supposed to be. You know we're supposed to be able to control all that and, and stay stay in control, but there's I mean like you said we're human just like everybody else. Every, after so many right. times, after so many times, it's gonna get to the point where hey man look here I don't have enough. You know what I'm right. saying? And, and so yeah. Well, here's, what, here's what makes me upset is when they try to find them. Yeah. Like you know they find them for someone else's uh, uh, discrepancies. You know right. that would pisses me off. Right. 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 They gotta have some kind of control. Yeah, that, that's what the league is trying to do. But, but let me say this, JJ, you are a second generation generation matter to go to the university. Talk about right. what it was like growing up in Louisiana and growing up in Fayetteville. Well, man, first of all, if you know, you guys know my uncle Johnny, man, and uh, uncle Johnny, man, and we. I'll say this first of all, man. I come from a football family. You know, my granddad was a hell of a was a hell of a football player, man. He had six, seven boys. All of those guys were heck of a football players. But you know, to this day, Johnny Meadows was just the best football player ever in our family. You know, he was Louisiana. You know, he was Louisiana Player of the Year when he came out. All Southwest Conference performer at uh, at University of Arkansas. So you know, we. You know, I grew up walking around the house, seeing his pictures, seeing his. You know, uh, seeing his awards. Uh, all over my grandmother's house. So, you know, I was well aware of what it meant to be a Razorback. But then also, too, man, we just, you know, we just came out of a, you know, a football factory pretty much. And uh, and so, but also, man, it just, for me, it made me proud when I would go to the games and I would see my uncle up there. You know what I'm saying? Or when I would see people come up and they would see him and us together and they would be like, want to take our pictures and, you know, so, man, it was just great for me, great for my family. But also, man, I, you know, even with that, that's still a heavy, you know, that's a heavy load to carry when your uncle, right. you know, everybody, you know, everybody in North Louisiana who knows anything about football knows those matters boys and they know Johnny Matters. Yeah. So, man, I wanted, I definitely wanted to come up there. I wanted to leave my mark. I always wanted to perform at a high level. And, and I really wanted to when my uncle and my grandfather were in the stands. You know, that was, you know, that was real important to me. Mm. Well, hey, let me ask you this question because, you know, your team in 85, we all played in the SEC championship. Y'all, y'all had some dogs on that team, man. Yeah, yeah that 95 team, man, was loaded. That man, 95 like, team, y'all had some dogs, okay? Man, we did, and I'll tell you what. Like, most of us on that on that team were, the 95 team, we had some great seniors. But I'll say offensively, two players that we had that came on that year that really made a big difference. I think the first one was uh, my guy Madre Hill. Uh, he stepped into the run, stepped into the uh, starting lineup as the running back man. And I think people always remember Madre for that speed, man. But the dude was just a straight freaking workhorse. Like you know, he would get out there and he would carry that ball 25 times, 30 times. I remember we played Auburn on uh, on Halloween night. You know, it was kind of set us up to kind of, you know, that's when we became Alabama. We say we was Alabama state champs after winning that game because we beat Alabama and Auburn in the same year. And But the guy went out there and rushed for 200 and carried the ball 30-something, 35 times in that game. So, man, he was just a hell of a player, man, a home run hitter. Uh, and then Anthony Lucas. You know, it took Lucas a little while long, longer to kind of get going. You know, his red shirt freshman year, but about that fourth or fifth game of the season, man, he just started making plays. And, you know, and those two guys, along with the guys who had been there, the Vera Mitchells, Earl Scott, you know, Barry Lunnies, uh, Carl Johnsons, you know, those guys who had been there for a while, along with those fresh, you know, the fresh new guys that came in. And then defensively, oh, man, the defensive line was so stout. You know, we had Conley. And Adair playing the ends. And then at tackles, we had Ken Anderson, uh, who was a good teammate of mine who passed away a few years ago. Uh, Geno Bell, Junior Soley, uh, Dave Sanders. Uh, and then on the outside, man, we just had one of the best, you know, we had one of the best lockdown corners at that time, Tracy Cantlope, man. He was just straight lockdown on the outside. So, man, we had a great team, a lot of great Razorbacks on that team, man. You know, I'm I'm, uh, I'm really happy, you know, to be a part of that team, and you know, and also be one of the first, be the first team to get to the SEC championship game. 
Uh, yes, you might be. Damn, I can't remember how many teams have been there. Three? Uh, I want to say two. Yeah. Two? Know. Maybe three. I know uh, the year Fish, yeah, with Fish, when they had the punt return deal when they played Florida, that was the second time. Yeah. But I don't think Petrino made it. I don't think. Yeah, Petrino made it once. Did Petrino make it? He didn't make it, did he? No, I don't think he. Ever I don't made think so. No, he didn't I think make, Alabama. Yeah. They couldn't get past Alabama, yeah. so I think we've only been to the SEC yeah. championship game twice. That's why I'm so, saying, and then, man. man. And I also do, man. I can't. I can't really talk about the SEC game without talking about what happened to Marjorie in that game, man. That, that's probably, you know, I had some great experiences as a Razorback. We saw some good things. And, you know, you guys know how it is. You see some good things in college, and then you see some bad things, too. Right. And, uh, man, just, you know, first of all, Madre getting hurt in the first quarter of that game. Even though my guy, short dog, Morris Johnson, came in and played a hell of a game. I think he rushed for over 100 yards in that game. Uh, but, you know, definitely not having, you know, a first-team SEC running back, you know, going out in that game hurt us, but. Man, that boy, you know, they're also, I, you know, and I, I haven't talked to Madre, so I don't want to say Madre said, but it's just my feelings that, you know, when Madre went back in that game after he had already been injured and, you know, subsequently tore his ACL, basically tore the trainer, tore everything up in that knee, man, he never should have went back out there. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's crazy, man. I tell people all the time, man, I remember, uh, I remember standing on the sideline getting ready for punt return. And I look over and I see Coach uh, over there talking to Marjorie. And uh, and man, in my brain, I'm thinking like, like, damn, you know, Marjorie must be really hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you out there in the game, you lose one of your key guys. You know, you, you know, you know, you still got to go out there and do your job, but you feel bad for him, but you also feel bad for your team too, cause we know we need it. So man, we go out there, they punt. I'm standing in the huddle. The next thing I know, Marjorie's standing in the huddle next to me. You know what I'm saying? And I remember Earl Scott, I remember this visually, Earl Scott was like, bro, get out this huddle, man. He was like, I'm all right. And then I remember a couple of guys, you know, it was like, Dre, Day, you all right? He was like, yeah, man, I'm all right. And I remember Lonnie come back in the huddle, and he looked at Dre Day, and he is like, Dre, he was like, all right. But then the crazy thing about it is then they freaking hand the ball to this dude the next play. They hand it to him. He planted that knee and plant that foot in the ground. That knee came out, man, and it was just, it was over. And that's, you know, and that's, you know, that's the sad part about college football. And I tell people yeah, all the time, yeah. man, we, want, we wanted to win that freaking game, bro. But, shit, yeah. I ain't want to cost Madre a, a billion dollars just, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's, you know, that's the, the not so glamorous or the ugly side. Go ahead. But you say the coaches – we're talking to him. normally when someone's hurt, isn't the trainers around him? I mean, it's like that's why I'm saying the trainers should have had the, the the last say in that, bro. And this is what's crazy about it because what I'm trying to tell you is, I don't think I think he was hurt. Like you know, he probably had a torn ligament or a strain. You know what I'm saying? He was hurt, but. He pro- you know what I'm saying? But going back out there on the field is really what did the freaking damage. And, yeah, the trainers went over there and they talked to him and and uh, they talked to him. And, you know, and I went, you know, because the game was still on, so I can't say what the conversations were because I wasn't privy yeah. to it. But, like I said, the last thing I remember before going out there on that punt return was I looked over there and Coach was over there talking to Marjorie in his ear. And that's, you know, that's what I can tell you 100% for sure. And, you know, and I – I hate that. But like I said, also, too, I can remember going back in the game after getting dinged up, you know, and that's and that's just – it's a different time, you know. And I think now we err on the side of caution. But, you know, it seems like if a kid in his sophomore year that rushed for damn near 2,000 yards in the season at SEC, you know, somebody should have been looking out for that kid better than that at that point. And, and you know uh, what? Let, and, let me, and that and that kind of solidified the case about uh, them starting to pay, pay college players. I mean, because – that type of thing, because that injury right there really cost him a pro career. Yes. And, you know, and, yes. and like you said, that cost him millions of dollars. And we don't know what he might have done in the pro, but we know he would he probably would have made a pro team and would have been able to make he a nice did. living. Hey, and, and he got a Super Bowl, too. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he got a Super Bowl. I didn't Bowl. think he played after that. No, he, he played with the Raiders when they won. He was with the yeah. Raiders. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah right. that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Sure but, it is. But, 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 but let me, but let me go back a couple years, though, JJ. Because we are, 
we there's a difference between being injured and being hurt. Right. And we have we have to be taught better because I was the same way. We were playing Texas in '85 in, in Fayetteville, and and I get kicked. All right. And I don't know. Let me remember. We used to have them steel braces. Remember them real steel braces? You know that they oh, were yeah. tape on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had my steel brace get broke. All right. I could. I didn't finish the game. I start the next game against Houston on the very first play. I get hit on that knee again. It was called a sprained knee. I, what I really did was tore my meniscus. I missed one game and finished the season with a torn meniscus. And so yeah. we, 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 we don't know what was said. I know I wanted to play. I knew right. that I needed to be on the field to help us be successful. Man, I and, know. And, I could, go ahead. And and it wasn't my my case was even different than that, but that's a whole different story. And I'm writing about it, and, and I share that with everyone at, at some other time. Yeah, but Man, I bet I, you got you some ice and stem though. All night, <laughs> all night, all night. <laughs> my brother. Hey, I, hey, I was just. Hey, that reminds me, I got uh, I got knocked out of the game one time. We were playing, we were playing Alabama, uh, and it was actually the year before. So I think it was '94. We played Alabama at Fayetteville, and. Uh, Man, I got hit on a post route. Like the the I beat the corner, but the free safety came off, man. He went for the ball and both of us both of us were laid out, you know, for a minute. And uh and you know, so finally I get to the sideline and I'm over there and and uh so I was kinda, you know, I was a little bit woozy, you know, because I mean I was out, you know what I'm saying? Probably out for a few seconds. I get up, they ask me if it's all right. I go on the sideline. They come over and ask me a few questions. Then I say, I'm good. So I go, <laughs> I go. So <laughs> we get the ball back, man. I go I, I go in the huddle and uh, I go to the huddle. And Barry Lunny calls the play, bro. And I swear, it sounded like womp, 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 womp. So, man, he's he looking at me and I'm standing there. And you got to think, like, and this is a close game because I think it was like 17 to 12 or 10 to 17, 9 to 12. It was like a real close game. And, man, and, I mean, I just kind of stood there. And, man, we ended up <laughs> we ended up having to use a timeout because I couldn't, you know, at first I couldn't get out of the huddle because I just couldn't. The play just, it wasn't processed. You know what I'm saying? It was just like my, it's like, you know, how you can computer and your processor and your computer ain't working. Well, my processor wasn't working. And then, and this was the crazy part about it, and then when I tried to get off the field, I couldn't even walk. Like, I had gotten a deep thigh bruise, so when the guy jumped in the air, he hit me, his thigh, his knee hit my thigh, so I had a deep thigh bruise, a bone bruise, and they, like, man, it was so funny because I went back on the field, and not only was my brain not working, they had to come up there and pick me up and carry me off the field and send me to the locker room. And it was like, and even my dad was like, how in the hell did you even get back on the field? I was like, man, I don't even remember going back out there. I just remember Barry looking at me and saying, looking at the sideline and saying, come get this dude, man. It's so wrong with it. You know, but even today's football, though, that would never happen. Yeah, you never never should have been back out there, man. Man, never. No, he'd, never. he'd have been in that ten on the sideline these days. That'd have been that'd have been a concussion yeah. protocol. Man, they would have took my helmet and hid it. Yeah, you know exactly. what I'm well, so, that's a good thing about now. They got independent people over there right. that 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 make sure that you don't go back in because right. at a, at a certain point back when we all played, it was like get you some smelling sauce and get you back right. out there. Hey, man, what, I, what, I, what, I can guarantee you that. The coach yeah. used to tell us what you, what what they used to tell us. You just got your bell rung. You all right? You got your bell rung. Yeah. <laughs> you all right? And then, right, and, then here's, and here's the deal: they give you the smelling sauce, get you back in the game, and when you get back to Fayetteville, you are gonna get ice and stem from on the top of your head and everything. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the biggest cure-all I ever seen. I swear to God. Hey. Uh, it's like the new Alex. JJ, I'm kind. Of, JJ, I'm kind of upset that they still was using ice and still on you guys. <laughs> hey, 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 Lebo, Lebo, that's that's just like the old folks giving us uh, what is it, castor oil for everything when we were growing up. Uh, yes, <laughs> the cod, yes, that cod liver oil. 
No, yeah. no, it's like your grandma used to rub Campo for Nico. Oh on my God, I forgot oh, all about that. Come yeah. over with that Campo for Nico on him, man. You be all ashy and everything. <laughs> man, the Campo for Nico work for everything, yeah, bro. Bug bites, yeah. whatever. Put yeah. that on there. You know what I'm saying? So, but just, man, it's you know, but it's but I think also too, man. You know, like I'm sure everybody on this podcast done played. It wasn't no concussion protocols, bro. Nah. Nope. You know, you probably no. went back in games and played with with a concussion, and I know I done gone to practice on a Monday, still suffering from a concussion from the week before. Bro. Yeah, it's I know I did, and it, it was well like this. I know I had a concussion, you but you know what? My name, my name, my name wasn't. Uh, a uh, running back or some other people that people want to play favorites with. Right. It was like I couldn't get out of practice with nothing. It was like I was expletive. I was a lazy expletive. Man, you know, hey, we ain't feeling that, that. sorry for you, Limbo. <laughs> Look here, hey JJ. Let me let me ask you this because this is something that that me and me and the guys we we go back and forth about this, and we spoke to Donnie about it. Uh, uh, when was that? About a week or so ago, and what uh, Greg just brought up that there's 3,500 students, basketball and football students, athletes in a transfer portal. How do you feel about that transfer portal? Man, uh, well, first of all, you know, just, you know, just being real about it, uh, man, and just this has been my experience, 75, and, and I know some people might not agree with this, but to me, I think about 75% of the kids who are in the portal right now are kids who, first of all, they got to college, they thought they were a lot better than they were, and they weren't prepared for their work. To be honest, yes, I think I agree. Also, and I think also, I think it's kids in there who do not know how to take coaching and accept the coaching. Touchdown, you know, and that's, you know, and 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 that's and that's you know, and even with my kids now, man, and like people to tell you, man, like I work with people, kids, I treat them just like my kids, man. We have a lot of success. I don't raise my boys. I don't curse at them. I do curse, but I don't curse at them. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, but the only thing, but the only thing that I do require though is that while I'm coaching them, they look me in the, they look me in the face like looking at the ground and looking away while you coaching, man. Like even even with my young kids, man, and more than me even just teaching them the drills and what to do, I teach them how to navigate stuff like that. You know, because I tell them, man, that your your college coach see you looking at the ground, he gonna think you saying that's to him. You saying f you. Right. You know what I'm saying? You said you don't care what he's saying. I know that you guys just being young and you know what I'm saying? So that's one of the things that we instill. So I would say like for those 75% of those kids, man, they just, you know, they live in an age where it's microwave, it's Wi-Fi, everything happens quick and they just not prepared to do the work. So, and I will say that, but for those other 25% of the kids who didn't got a coach that's an asshole or who in a rough situation, or if you're a quarterback, and there's only one quarterback that can play out on the field at the time, or you just, you know, you made the wrong choice at school, man, I love it. You know, because I played at a time where the school and the coach, man, they basically had all the discretion and all the control over what happens in your college career. And that sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, and just That's to be honest, ding, ding, yeah, ding. And, I, and I can, you know, and I'm going to be honest, like, you know, and this, but I, I look at it both ways because, man, I swear, I'm, I'm glad that I finished my career in Arkansas. I finished as a leading receiver in the history of the school for receptions. I had a single-season receptions record. I was the first guy to catch over 60 balls. But if they had had the transfer portal when I was in school, I would have fucking been out of there. Really? Because, you know, we went from having – we had Coach Ford there. And I, man, I tell this story all the time, man. We were having a spring game. I think it was my junior year. And my dad was coming up there. And my mom was coming up there. And I was, I was leaving. I was up out of Fayetteville. You know what I'm saying? Because Coach Ford had came in. He didn't recruit me. He didn't like having, you know, he told me, he said, we're not recruiting no more. He he signed two guys that never even played a down at Fairville. They were like 6'2", 6'3". Neither one of them played. And he was in the newspaper saying, I'm not going to sign no more 5'5 five, five receivers. But, shit, I done been a leading receiver the last two years in a row. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I was that was it for me. I, I didn't want to hear nothing else from him. And the dude, dude told Coach Hill, he told Coach Hill something crazy first. And then he said, look, man, he went in there. He said, man, I caught it. So then. <laughs> that morning of the game, he came in there. He told me, he said, I called your daddy. 
And I said, okay. He said, yeah, I told him he might as well stay at home unless you plan on playing for a school for paying for your schooling for a year because we're not going to release you. We're not going to let you go to an SEC school. You can leave, but you're going to have to go somewhere. You're going to have to sit out, and you're going to have to pay for school for you. You know, we just need to work it out. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, my sister had just gone to college. You know, my parents didn't have a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? So, so I couldn't just get away. You were basically between a rock and a hard place at that point. Hell yeah, I'm stuck. Yeah, and I'm stuck. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't want I don't want another kid to have to go through that. You know, I can say I'm glad that I endured it and I persevered and you know, and I turned you know, I turned lemon into lemonade. But I don't want my freaking kids turning lemon into lemonade. Right. I just want lemonade. Right. But you know but what I'm saying? So I don't want situation, to position. But in yeah, your situation so, right there, it's because the coaching and wasn't getting along. And like you said, they had control over you yeah back right and that's and that's what i like about the transfer report and you're right, right. jj and Wendell, right. you're right too some of them are just leaving just to be leaving or they are they or or, or or they didn't want to put in the work i totally right. agree with that but right. there's a i think there's a bunch of them leaving because the coach is and sometimes it's not what they change yeah. coaches change once you sign that letter and tent yeah, well, but well, also too, man. This what I this, this two things I tell my kids too about that. Also, man, I feel like coaches people too. So I'm gonna say this. I say the first thing is like during the recruiting process, a lot of kids rub coaches the wrong way during the recruiting process, and they don't really get this shit. Like they don't get it, cause these coaches is grown men. You got grown men doing TikToks, and you know, man, oh, you know, you think them coaches really want to be doing that shit? <laughs> like they do it because they no, nah, I mean I'm being real though. They do it because they know that's where they take the land for kid, but then after this dude done back then and contorted himself and did all this stuff to get you on campus, man, he gonna make you earn all that stuff. Right. Well, so you gotta be gotta you gotta be cognizant of that. Go ahead. Well let's back up. What are you doing today so we can get that? Oh uh, man, so yeah, one of the things now I own a I just started a logistics company, so that's one of the things I'm doing now. But just primarily in the community, man, we just been, you know, doing a lot of camps and clinics and really what we call development or player development. And uh and basically what that is is just, you know, the skill development part for, you know, primarily football, you know, quarterbacks, wide receivers, football players, but all athletes, and then also what we call just the personal development piece. And that's making sure they know how to navigate, you know, navigate certain situations, understand, like we were talking about before, about, you know, being coached hard, being able to look other men in the eye when they're coaching you hard and, you know, making sure they got the ACT and, you know, doing well in school, doing well in the community. And, uh, and so that's, you know, that's kind of my biggest thing right now is just trying to impact as many young people, you know, while I still have the energy and I'm still young enough to do that. All right. That's that's what's happening. Well, I tell you what, that that's what's up. I know. Uh, I'm I'm gonna come hang out with you on on this Saturday here in a couple of weeks on on the 17th, right. I believe. And, yeah. Uh, and I look forward yeah. to spending the day with you and seeing some of these young cats and and, and, and getting a chance to run around myself and talk. Man, it, and I will say this, man. Like today, you know, and just you know, it's like you know, you do stuff and. You know, we say, like, sometimes you have, like, byproducts and stuff. And, man, one of the things we had today, I had two of my college kids that I had. Both of them I had since they were, like, in the eighth grade. I think both of them started coming to me around eighth or ninth grade. But they were out there this morning, 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning, and they were out there working out with my 11 and 12 years old. So I got six 11 and 12 years old out there, and I got two kids that are juniors and seniors in college out there getting their work in and working with them, too. And, man, it's just like, you don't even know how that make my heart feel. You know what I'm saying? Because I see these guys that I raised up, and now they out here helping me raise up this next generation. Right. You know, to coaching them up and, hey, yeah, you know, cause like, you know, and even I coach them up today, they're like, man, you know, one of my college kids told one of my young kids, man, listen to dude when he's talking to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, when we go to college, man, we can't – you look at the ground while the coach talking to you, you might get slapped upside the head. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you know what I'm saying? And so it was, it was yeah. funny because, you know, I'm talking to the kid. He kind of looking around. Tobias just jumping in there. Hey, man, coach talking to you, bro. Get your head up. You know, and that's – you know, and that's – you know, we say each one teach one. You know what I'm saying? Right, and, exactly. and that's what I like, you know, and I feel like when I see these guys and, you know, stuff that – 
their parents, of course, and myself have instilled on them, and it means something to them enough so that they want to pass it on to these next dudes coming along, and man, and that's and that's when it goes beyond sports and you know just beyond playing football or playing basketball. Well, you know, we we got to do a better job of, of of taking care of us, and but that also starts with representation, and you know, being able to see people model that. Well, I, I know you're down in Central Arkansas, and and my man Reggie down there, he's got some little young right. beasts down there. He's yeah. got he's got yeah. some he got some some kids down there, man. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm I'm gonna yeah. reach out to I don't know if uh, if his mom know her. I I got one of my uh, uh, my brother in law. He he actually helped Reggie coach the Lions team down there. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Uh, they got this one one uh, young dude on the team, man. He's he. I, I don't know if he's getting the you know the what he need, but I'm gonna make sure that uh, his parents get in touch with you, man, and see if, see. Yeah, man, and we and we touch base with uh you know we touch base with Reggie and uh but also man it's it's uh you know guys like Reggie and these guys doing this grassroots what I call grassroots football like. You know these guys don't get enough record, uh, enough recognition, enough uh, recognition as well, because we always keep saying like, and this this one thing I say about the commu- about our black community is this, like, we always say we need more, we need more representation, we need more black men in the community. Man, we don't support the people that we have that's doing it, bro. Right, right. That's where it got to start. Right. So when you do, you know, we need more, of course. Hell yeah, we need more. But first of all, let's support the people that we do have. You know, we do have, you know, support in the community. Like Reggie does a good job with the line, with AAU, man. There are so many, you know, what I call all pro dads. I call them all pro dads. There's so many all pro dads in Central Arkansas guys that's, you know, helping their kids. But then guys that are standing in the gap for other people's kids too. You know, we need to make sure as a community that, you know, we support that. And, you know, when you see them doing these – you know, they're they doing another $10 fish fry. Okay, shit, it's just $10. Right, go get you a plate. You know what I'm saying? We Yeah, go get you a plate. You know, and that's, you know, and that's the thing, like, with me. And, that, yeah, and that's the thing with me, man. Like, I don't, I'm funny kind of dude since that. I don't really got to like you personally. But if you doing stuff that's helping young people, man, we always need to support that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think sometimes we're like, oh, man, this dude, I don't like it. Okay, you don't got to like this dude, this dude putting kids in college, man. Go buy you a $10 fish plate and keep it moving. Right. And, uh, and that's, you know, and I think that's the thing that, you know, we all see all of us are involved with coaching and involved with young people. And, and you know, we, you know, we just got to do better. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Especially uh, especially with kids that uh, what they call it, I, and I hate to use this term, but I mean, but it's uh, the, what they call at-risk kids. Um, Underserved. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, with with kids like that, you know, my brother he he coaches AAU uh, basketball, and I mean, every and basically everything that those kids get, he either fundraise or it come out of his pocket. He don't have any sponsors. <laughs> yeah. Don't have any sponsors or nothing like that, and. And I, I, I've, you know, he, he'll say, look, we got a tournament coming up. Can, you know, he hit us up. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to donate some money here. And, 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 and he's been doing it for 15 years now. And, and I mean, and he's, and he, and a lot of his kids, they don't go to D, they might not go to D1, but they, they do make it to college. You got a lot of them, you know. Going to college and and you know he makes you know he, and it, it's it's and it's 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 rewarding to see that you know what I'm saying it's rewarding yeah. because 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 yeah. those kids could be in prison or in or in a grave right now. Man, uh, I'll say this for me, you know, and just I, you know, I kind of, you know, honestly, the COVID man just the slowdown on the COVID kind of helped me get my battery charged up because sometimes man, you'll see so much negative. You know, you'll see so much negative stuff or sometimes you'll be working so hard and you don't think people appreciate it or they don't get it. But then all of a sudden, you know, I tell people all the time, I I just finally got my first guy to the NFL this year, K.J. Hill. You know, I had him seventh, eighth grade, went to Ohio State, great player, got drafted last year. I had oh, yeah. one guy. Yeah, but that's great. But you know what? Now I'm on, but I'm on my fourth doctor. 
we already got three doctors that have come through this program in the last 15 years, guys, who are actually practicing. I got another one in med school right now. I got another one on his way to med school right now. That's what's up. And, you know, so we say, yeah, man, we say yeah, free that's, tuition that's is the mission. That's what's up, brother. That's what's yeah. up. Yeah. yeah, free tuition is the mission. You know what I'm saying? And that's, right. you know, and you always, man, you guys know if, if we can get these kids out of their community onto a college campus, even if they don't graduate from that college, they're still going to be better off at having that experience that I've never and, gone there, you know, in the first place. But And it changed their lives and it opened their eyes. Man, man. And, and it, exactly. it, it at least let them know that there's a different way. And no matter which, if they decide to go, go the wrong way or not, it'll let them know when they get tired of doing the wrong way, hey, there's another way I can go back there's to something school. Else. Yeah. Man, there's something else, you know. And, uh, and so, you know, but... You know, and that's you know that's I'll one thing there, that I'll even, come down there and speak for you to your team to them kids down there because you know I uh, I've been through I've been through it so I, I can <laughs> I can tell right. you I'll, and that, I'll, I mean, I'll come down there and talk to your kids for you man man and that's what and that's you know like I said man and that's you know that's one of the things they need but they also need to see you know people in other professions they need to meet yes, black sir. lawyers and black doctors yes, and black business owners and radiologists and cardiologists. Mm-hmm. Cardiologist, and, hey, I say they need to need more than Cardi B. You know what I'm saying? They need to know more than Cardi B. They need to know cardiologists. And not <laughs> you, know what I'm <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, hey, hey, now listen, now I don't got nothing against Cardi B. Now. Right. Now. I'm a Cardi B fan. Right. You know what I'm saying? But like, you know, we say, like my homeboy, he said he wanted he wanted his girls to have more in their head than, than product and bundles. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, so exactly. So we want to, uh, yeah. So we, you know, and that's. And even, man, just to be honest, man, that's one of the reasons why I got into doing other businesses, too. So, because I'm like, you know, like you said, your brother, he, you know, he finding everything out of his pocket. You know, I can't, I never, one thing about the, about, and I tell you, you know, and I'm, I'm proud of this, but I also hate to say this, too, but at the same time, man, you know, we never turned a kid away from a camp or a training because they couldn't pay. Yeah. Never. 15 years, man, if we got kids and they want to come and they really want to come and we know they can't pay. Uh, I had kids that I trained for two and three years. I knew they couldn't pay. I knew they couldn't pay. You know what I'm saying? And that's, you know, that's a hard business model. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's a hard business model, but also too, man, it's just, it's a blessing. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I kind of started my other business too, because I know I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be training for 20 more years, but I just, I don't want to have to worry about money from training anymore. I can just train right. kids that need help and we can give it to them where they need it and, and keep it moving. Well, that's what's, man, right. look here, JJ, man, you sound like you got a good thing going on down there. And uh, I'm going to, I don't have your number, uh, but I'm going to get with Greg and Limpo, man. So yeah. next, next time I'm down there, uh, yeah. you know, because I'm from North Little Rock. I'm, I graduated from Jacksonville and, uh, um, I'm from Macama. I don't know if you know where Macama's at. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, so I, you know, we get together, man, when I'm down there, and uh, and I would love to see what you got going on. Like I said, I know Reggie and, yeah. and all the, those guys, man, and and anything I can do to help, you know, just holler at me too. And and before we let you get out, before we let you get get out, I, I, I'll be. It'd be bad for me not to mention your three-time national champ at, as a tractor and, and with the passing of Coach McDonald. How, how are you dealing with that? So we, we man, it, coach. Yeah, man, it's it's sad, man. And, uh, you know, I always say that he, you know, for me, you know, as far as coaching, personal development, doing a lot of the stuff I do now definitely comes from uh, Man, he's just, first of all, just a great guy. I don't. Man, I don't, I don't think all the time that I've known this guy, heard anybody say a freaking bad word about him. Then like John, like, and that's I mean, and even in this day of age, that's you know you gonna have some haters, you know what I'm saying? But even guys in the track, he coached against man, so well respected, a lot, and his. Did I lose you guys? We we yeah. So everything goes. So everything he did, man, was at a national championship level. 
Oh uh, man, he he made me so much. He made me a much better player when I the first year that I ran track at Arkansas. Man, I was coming off of a rehab and I had gained some weight and and I can remember going in his office uh, when I got back from Christmas after having my shoulder surgery and gaining about you know ten fifteen, so at least fifteen pounds you know during that period. And I walked in there and he said, "Jeez, kid, what have you been eating?" <laughs> you know, because he had that little Irish accent. He was like, "Jeez, kid." What have you been eating? <laughs> I said, man, I'm trying to get ready. So he, but he helped me get, you know, helped me start rehabbing, and you know, and and I won the national. Man, you know, these guys had Olympic champions and national champions and world record holders and the college record holders and American record holders. And man, he always, you know, he always treated me like I was one of those guys because, you know, he said, man, you're gonna have to help us. You're gonna have to help us win a conference or help us win the nationals. And you know, he, but also. You know, when I got on that track, I won a football player. You know, he expected me to perform like a sprinter, like a national championship caliber sprinter, like a SEC caliber sprinter. And and he coached him that he he sadly he will be sadly missed. You know, they're they're gonna you know Arkansas has a great track program and it will always have a great track program. But you won't see another John McDonald. I can promise you that. And and I agree with you. And and he he was always good to me. And, and that's that's yeah. crazy. And, uh, and we saw him a couple a couple months ago for Coach Richardson's uh, street naming. Uh, and Coach right. was there, and and, that was, and we I didn't know that'd be the last time I was seen. And no one that just street naming. Mean, he told Greg Thomas, "Woo, you like you put on a couple weights." <laughs> 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 he told me that in college. Really. Yeah. Yeah. He got me a couple times. Yeah, come on, Greg, uh, son. You got you got to lose yeah. uh, twenty five pounds. Man, but he was cracking me up. Yeah, man, he was so. But he was just so. It would be funny, but cause I'm telling you that day, because I, you know, because I didn't want to say what Coach was just being getting fat. So I was like, well, Coach, man, you know, I had to beef up a little bit. He was like, man, you still gonna be five five. You know what I'm saying? He was like, you know, I'm He was like, man, get get fast. He was like, if you're going to be, he was like, 5'5", 150, 5'5", 160, 5'5", 165, that don't matter, bro. You still 5'5", man. Run fast. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man, so so we always, yeah, we always laugh about that because, you know, I said, but he knew I had just been home feeling sorry for myself and eating and you know how it is when you get those injuries and, you know, and then the coach already talking about he don't want no more 5'5", five, five wide receivers. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, it was tough, but I was just glad for those, you know, those couple of years that I spent with them in the national championships, and and also I'm glad I kind of take some of that stuff and teach it to the guys I'm working with now. Right, right. Well, JJ, appreciate you, big man. It, it's been great yeah. catching up with you, and thank you for what you're doing in the community. Uh, you will always go down as as the big little man. <laughs> <laughs> And like I call you mighty mighty man. So we we everything that you do and have you always represent the Razorback football program. Uh say say hello to Uncle Johnny for his brother and, and we'll man, take care with you soon. All right. All right, man. Definitely. I appreciate you. Hey, it was good talking to you. Thank you for having me. All right, y'all too. Later. <laughs>